All right. Well, hello. And those of you who are watching us by uh, uh, Facebook, YouTube, live stream, thanks for being here uh, with us. So uh, how many of you have ever, uh, uh, okay, I'm a little weird. You know those commercials that they, they have seen on TV? You know what I'm talking about? My wife always makes fun of me because I think that stuff is cool because there's somebody out there that came up with an idea, you know what I'm talking about? And then uh, as seen on TV and I go, oh, babe, we need to order that. She goes, no, no, you know, no. And then uh, there were certain places like I think it's uh, Bed Bath and Beyond or whatever that they used to have a section. I don't know if they still now. That I used to, that's what the first place I'd go to if Shannon wanted to look at something. I'd go over to that scene on TV to see if there's anything there. And a couple of times I bought some things and they really work, you know. But it's this idea that there's these people out there that have this dream of happening. Like one time, I had a, I told Shannon years ago, we'd be zillionaires right now. But I told her years ago, I said, baby, I want to come up with a, uh, I, I called it the pan towel. And it was a towel that uh, it looked like a frying pan. And inside of that frying pan was different things. It was like a pizza or bacon or eggs. You go, oh, that's already out there. It wasn't before I thought about it because I came with the plan. She goes, nobody would ever buy that. And I said, even the handle could be where you put your suntan lotion and stuff. You put it, we have a fold, it really neat. And we, can, I, we could just make millions. I could buy the church a whole new building. And uh, she always thought that was silly. And then about three years later, they came out with some type of a thing. So we're all full of these ideas. You ever had an idea like that? Or this would work? They have people, a good friend of mine, he keeps a... Uh, writing pad. Uh, he's an entrepreneur. He, he keeps the writing pad by, beside his bed. And he wakes up and he has these ideas. And two or three of them have been, I mean, uh, they've made him very wealthy. So uh, there are things that we dream about. So today, I want to talk about just in a fun way to introduce it, that um, we, we all have something within us where we have an idea or we have a dream, something that we want to do, some type of ministry, or even if it's, you don't think of it as a ministry, <clears throat> that you want to help people. Like you may say, hey, I, could, I, I want to help cancer victims. Or I, I want to help uh, parents who uh, have parents that have Alzheimer. I want, to, uh, I want to help in some way. I want to help single moms. I want to help single dads. I want to, I want to help men become better fathers. I want to help women become better mothers. Uh, uh, whatever it is. Everything that comes to our mind is not necessarily of the Lord, but I believe that everything that comes to our mind, we can attach the gospel to. And some of you uh, are just like me. Uh, you had a vision for something. What was it? And so the what happened today is, what happened to my dream? What happened to the vision that God gave me? What happened to this idea that God really may have wanted you to follow through? With What happened? What happened to that? Well, we all know that life is what, what happened, but I want to encourage you to look back and think of what did you let go of that maybe God really wanted you to do? See, when, when, uh, when I came to know Christ at 14, I really, 14 and a half, I, I, I always tell you that, but I, I, I had nothing. And then all of a sudden, that's when things begin to come together. And I started, people started speaking into me saying, you know, you're a good listener. You're good at this. You know, Pat, you're really, you, you can really do this. And it's spoken to me ideas. Well, maybe I have that within me. Maybe I can do this. And uh, out of that came this desire to be in ministry. 
And so I went to college, but I didn't know what ministry I was going to be in. I didn't know. I didn't think about pastoring. I didn't even know what youth ministry was other than I had one. But I, I just know I was supposed to be doing something. And so I pursued that. And out of that, people spoke into me again. And then I began to realize that, wow. And I began to notice that uh, I was speaking to a lot of teenagers when I went to college. And then I, I, I took a part-time youth position. Then I realized, wow, I really want to be a, a youth pastor. and had a vision. And then I had a vision of going, wow, I wish I could narrow my focus and be a junior high pastor. And so I began to pursue that. And I was able to do it. And then I had a vision of just saying, you know, I really wish I could oversee a whole student ministry with a staff of people working under me. And I got to do that. But I pursued those things. I asked people about how to do that. And then one day I'm sitting at home and I can't sleep. And I, you know, I get up and I, all of a sudden I had this vision for Carpenter's Way. And that's, and the only thing that came out of that vision was, or how that vision came about was I just began to drive around uh, uh, Groves looking for my, the people at First Baptist Church Groves where I did some interim work and did a little youth ministry. And I began to see the number of a church closes, closed and it bothered me. So I was looking for something for our teenagers to put back in their community. And then out of that was this vision. What vision are you passing up? So what happened to your idea? What happened to your vision? What happened to what you wanted to do that was going to help other people? And why did you let it go? And so this morning is what happened to my vision? What happened to my thoughts? What happened to my ideas? Um, the older we get, we kind of tend to give them up. We think that, well, we have kids. Or, and then people tell us we're too old to do that. Right? Man, Moses was 80 stinking years old when God called him to do to his vision. Right? Age, finances, it doesn't have anything to do with it. God's bigger than all of it. Right? So what, what did you give up? You know? What is it that you gave up? I want to know if you need to back up and go look for that. And maybe God has something incredible for you. Now, I'm going to go old school today. We're just going to take our Bibles, if you have them on your phone. And we're going to look at uh, Acts chapter 16. It's not going to be on the screen. So if you want to grab your Bible, or <clears throat> right over on that table in the back uh, are uh, Bibles that you can grab as well. And you can get them and grab one of those if you want. But we're looking at Acts chapter 16. We're going to begin in verse 1. We're going to read a lot of Scripture today, okay? Don't apologize for that. So, uh, uh, what we're going to look at is Paul's, what they call his second missionary journey. And he had this vision while he was in Macedonia. The Macedonian vision is what they call it. But I want to read this with you, and I want you to read along with me. And I want to go through this and see what he did with his vision. Uh, and how we, how we can uh, get our visions and uh, jump back into them. And uh, see what maybe got in our way of our visions. It says, Paul came, in verse 1, 16, Paul came to, also to Derba and to Lustria, and a disciple was there named T Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman, who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. And he was well spoken of by the brethren who were in uh, Lustria and Iconum. And Paul wanted this man to go with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those parts. For they all knew that his father was a Greek. Now, while they were passing through the cities, they were delivering the decrees which had been decided upon by the apostles and the elders who were in Jerusalem for them to observe. And so they're taken. He has a mandate. 
We want to take these decrees, these things that were spoken by the elders and the apostles in Jerusalem, and we've got to take them to where they said uh, we need to take them. So he's, he's in the midst of doing ministry. Now watch this. There's your first point. I believe that we will hear from the, what the Lord wants us to do for the local church or what he wants us to do for the gospel. That's kind of a parachurch organization. But I believe that he will give you your vision and you will hear it quicker when you are already involved in ministry. This is not me saying, hey, get involved in ministry here at Carpenter's Way. It's just, it's just a known fact that your mind will become more open when you're in the midst of, of ministry. It's like buying a car. You ever notice you buy a white car? And all of a sudden, what do you see? All those cars. Why do you see it? And you think, man, I've never seen it. I never realized how many cars there were like mine on the road. It's because you're sitting in it. You've purchased it. You're in it. It's, normally, it's normal for your mind to look for those things subconsciously. So he was in the midst of doing ministry before this vision came on to him. So I would tell you, find your place of ministry here. You know? And, and that will put you closer to hearing from the Lord because you're around people. And then all of a sudden, somebody's working with you. You may be only vacuuming or stacking chairs or being security, and you're talking to another person, and they get to know you, and they speak something into you that reminds you of what you're called to do that you've left behind, right? Look, at, look where it says, uh, now while they were passing through, then it says, so the churches were being strengthened in faith and were increasing in numbers daily. And they passed through the Phagerian and Galatian region, having been uh, forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And after that, they came to Mysia, and they were trying to go into uh, Bethania, and the Spirit of Jesus would not permit them. That's the second thing. You really have to make sure that you listen to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I'm telling you, here he was, he was doing ministry, and out of that ministry, the church was strengthened, right? And it doesn't matter whether, it may be to Kevin up there running the, uh, the camera, for those of you who are watching, that he thinks, well, this is not that important job, but that running that camera is making hundreds of people be able to hear the gospel and get encouraged today. It's any ministry, it's strengthening the church. If you're with me, say, oh yeah. Listen, I want you to understand. And secondly, you began to listen to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. So when you're here and you're involved and you take care of kids or you do whatever you do, you're in the midst of ministry. And so that's where ideas come up. Things that make the work of God uh, even greater. And it says in passing Mysia, it says, uh, in passing by Mysia, they came to a town uh, called Troas. Now here it is. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. So somehow he had this incredible vision. I don't believe it was a, a, a vision of somebody in, kind of like ghostly coming to him. I, I think it was kind of similar to the vision that I had for the church. I just woke up and had this idea there needed to be a, a different new work in this area. And all of a sudden, in his heart, he wanted to reach so many people. And he began, maybe he was, maybe uh, two days earlier, they were talking about uh, Asia. And, and maybe he was sitting there going, man, there's probably a lot of people that don't even know Jesus Christ, don't even know the gospel. And through his mind and through what he was around and through conversation, he had a vision. There's somebody over there saying, we need you to come over here and help us. We need it, right? What is it that people need help with? 
You got to go back to your vision and to your dream and to your idea and say, what did I want that for? You know, I want to write a book. I don't want it for notoriety. I don't want it to go public and get all these things. That'd be great if it did, but I just want to write a book. I have this vision of writing a book about scars, about scars that people give to themselves, about scars that people are given before they're even born. And how do you deal with them? I have a vision for it. It's going to happen one day when I find time, (laughs) but it's going to happen. But it's not for us to be famous. It's because there's a need out there I want to meet. And people won't step into the church. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll pick up a book. Did y'all know the first five years, uh, six years of, of us uh, being as a church, uh, I didn't want to be recorded. It wasn't important to me that my message was out there. And then people would come and say, you know, Pat, do y'all record that message? And I said, no, we don't record. Even my 10 years of speaking, I very rarely recorded messages. It wasn't important to me that I sold them or... Got it. But then I began to, God, God just kind of convicted me. And she said, you know, one of the greatest things that you can do that the disciples couldn't do is that you can record a message. And so now we record. And once we got here, people were saying, my aunt needs to hear that. Hey, my uncle needs And my son who's over in the army needs to hear that. And so I began to say, man, let's just record them. You know, live stream was not something that was real important to me because I don't, I don't need to be out there. But now I see the validity of it. I, not that I didn't see it was valid. But what I'm saying is when you start something, it could turn into bigger things. Watch this. Let's see where it is. And he said he had this vision. And when he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So, ready? Be involved in ministry. Secondly, Listen to the work of the Holy Spirit in your lives. Third, make sure the vision that you have is of God or it's attached to the gospel, right? There's a difference. You can give somebody water. That's great. But when somebody gives somebody water and they have prayed about that water, they have prayed about what they're doing, the gospel is attached. I give you this. Every time we give food, a blessings box, people say thank you. And I will say Thank the Lord because he gave you this, not us. It's his glory. It's his attention. So it's attached. Make sure that your vision, you see what he said? They concluded. They thought it through. They began to be practical and say, is this of the Lord? And if you can attach the gospel to it, I believe that the Lord will use it. Right? So what's your vision? Look, it says, so putting out to sea from Troas, we ran a straight course to, to Samothrace and the day following to Neapolis and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district in Macedonia, a Roman colony. And we were staying in the city for some days. Ready? Here's the next one. Once you know that you've concluded from the Lord, start moving forward. That's exactly what he did. He said, let's go. We're going. A lot of us kind of hold up. And we don't follow that dream or that vision. It says, and on the Sabbath day, we were outside the gate of the riverside where we were supposing that there would be a place of prayer. Now listen, don't lose it. And we sat down and we'd been speaking to the women who had assembled. And a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira in a, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God, was listening. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. So what's that? Remember, Minister 
as you're moving forward. Don't forget, don't get so focused in on this. Watch this, guys. For me as a pastor, once we got into a building, the, the job, not the ministry, the job got bigger because now we got to take care of this building. Now, it won't be long, we're going to ask you to give extra for a new roof. You know, it's just an old building. But then I find myself going, oh, we got to fix this, we got to fix this. And we, then I get texts, hey, did you know this happened? Then all of a sudden I find, I find myself being a, the, the, the pastor of maintenance because you got to take care of all this stuff. Not complaining, but in the midst of that, it's frustrating to me because it's not my favorite thing to do. But I do it. But what happens is I forget why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because this is where God's people come to meet. Everything that we do, I can never lose sight of whatever I do, whether it's making sure chairs are clean or making sure the building looks good or making sure when a visitor walks in, it's presented well. You know what it's for? It's for God's glory. It's for the people. And when you start following your call, don't get trapped in the mundane. Remember why you're doing it. You're doing it for the Lord's work, for the people that may know him or come to know him. Does everybody understand that? Don't lose your visions because sometimes we lose our vision because we go, this is too much work because we've forgotten the people that we're trying to reach, not the process. Watch this. It says, uh, uh, then it says, uh, it happened, and, and then she... And when she and her household had been baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. And it happened that as we were going to the place of prayer, a slave girl, having a spirit of divination, met us, who was bringing her master as much profit by fortune-telling. Listen to this. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out, saying, These men are bondservants of the Most High God, who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. And she continued doing this for many days. But Paul was so greatly annoyed and turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of, that, of her that very minute. Two things I want you to learn as you're going through your ministry. Add them on to it. Another one is prepare for roadblocks. I guarantee you when you have a vision, there, are, there darkness doesn't want to have... Darkness, Satan does not want this church to continue on. He'd love to kill it, right? And maybe your vision, he's trying to kill. But listen, prepare and understand that roadblocks are going to happen. But when you come to roadblocks, like this woman, had, she's the roadblock. Because it would have been detrimental if she would have continued to holler and scream out. Everybody go, oh, that's who those people are. And they were just quietly trying to do a ministry. But I want you to notice, anything that came up above, anything that came up in his way, especially right here he shows us, he did not deal with the individual, he dealt with the darkness. Notice the wording. He didn't look at the woman and say, be quiet. You're causing me lots of problems. Don't do this. Go away. Hey, everybody, let's chase her away. He knew that her actions, her words, that there was darkness behind it. She was a fortune teller. It was darkness. And he didn't say to the woman, but he said to the darkness that was around the woman, hey, you move on. Come out of her. And the darkness did. Sometimes when things come our way and we're moving forward, we deal with the people instead of dealing with the darkness that's within the people. I think we're doing that politically these days as Christians. 
We think we can try to talk them into it, but there are some people who are not believers. They will never understand uh, why we believe what we do, believe why we stand for what we stand for, why we would vote a certain way. And what we do is we get mad at the people instead as believers. We need to just pray to the Lord to take the darkness away and for them to, their eyes to be un, unblinded, right? We, we even do that on our family with issues. We think our mom's a problem, our dad's a problem, our kid's the problem. Yeah, there's a little bit of that going on. It's called flesh. But I'll tell you what else is the problem. They want your kids to be rebellious. They want your mom not to see the way things the way you see them biblically. They want your dad to not uh, to have his pride and not walk toward what you want the Lord to be. What about not just praying for them, but praying for the darkness to be removed from them? Right? And that's what Paul did. He had a vision. And he was in the midst of ministry and there was a roadblock and he said, I know it's not you, lady, because I know and understand that there is something within you that is dark, so I'm going to pray that darkness away from you. Well, you may think it's something fleshly, like what just like finances that got in the way of your vision. But you know what it is? That's your mind thinking that uh, you cannot get that money to do that. Well, of course you can't. You can't see further beyond unless you say, hey, Lord, show me. Chase this thought. Maybe your spouse is the one that says, I don't know. And you're going, but I really believe this. Pray that your spouse, not that she or he is dark, but that she would have God's vision in her for you or God's vision in him for you. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. I want you to understand that some of you have let go of your vision and your dreams, and you're sitting there going, what happened? My goal for you is that when you sit on your deathbed, you will know I've been the best father, I've been the best wife, I've been the best grandfather, I've done what the Lord has asked me to do. I've sought after these visions and dreams that the Lord put in my heart, and I'm not going to let anything get in the way of what God wants me to do, right? Even our flesh, our past can get in the way of the vision that God has put on our heart. It's bigger than you, it's bigger than me. It says this, but it's just a process of following this. But when her masters saw that the hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace, which was uh, really the central public square before the authorities. And when they had brought them to the chief magistrates, they said, these men are throwing our city into confusion and being Jews and are proclaiming custom, which is not lawful to accept or to observe being Romans. And the crowd rose up against them. And, on the, and the chief magistrates tore their robes off and, and they proceeded in order, in order to order them to be beaten. And when they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. So now they're being attacked. You see what's going on? When you are being attacked, stay the course. Stay the course. Your mind may be telling you, I don't need to be doing this. It's crazy. My thoughts of what I wanted to do are bigger than, are better than what, what I'm about to jump into. But if God's made a way for you and it's all opening up, why are you running from it? Right? And what it is, sometimes it's our own mind that's setting itself up, up against what God wants to happen. And your dream, your vision is going to be taken away because it's going to be clouded by your own pride. Does that make sense? And so I want you to know, what is it that you want to do? 
What's the desire that God has put on your heart? Look at this. And then it, then it says about midnight, uh, they beat them. They threw them into prison. Most of us know this story. But in verse, uh, in verse 26, look at it. It says, and suddenly there came a, a great earthquake. And, but I want you to notice they began to sing and pray. pray. Uh, they began to sing and pray. And that's us. Stay positive through the process of you being attacked. They began to pray. They began to praise God. They began to sing. Listen, you ought to try this. If you don't do it, you ought to try just saying, hey, for this week that I'm struggling with what I want to do or what I'm called to do, you ought to try. And y'all know me. I'm a music lover. I love all sorts of music, right? Uh, Southern gospel, maybe two songs, and then I'm done. <laughs> Rap, maybe two songs, and then I'm done. But for the most part, I like, I like all music. Not all secular music's bad. Not all. You see what I'm saying? But what happens is try taking a one, one week while you're doing through it and say, I'm not going to listen to anything but Christian music. And you will see a difference in your attitude. You will see a difference. I've seen some United. You ever tried it? You'll see a difference in your spirit. You'll see a difference in your countenance. You'll see a difference on how you respond to people that are negative. Try doing that. And that's what they did. They sang in the midst of being beaten. They did everything they could to stay focused. Look, and then there became an earthquake. I'll go through it real quick because I want want to move fast. The the, the earthquake happened and the jailer saw that the gates were open and he was fixing to kill himself because he knew that he had failed his job. And and a Roman soldier, if if your people that you're having jail get loose from you, you're as good as dead. So you would just normally uh, kill yourself because you were going to be killed anyway. You failed. He was about to do it. And Paul said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. We're all here. We ain't leaving. We're staying in the midst of this. Because our God has this. Don't, don't worry. And so all of a sudden, the men, the men walked up. It says, they said, uh, and he called the lights. And, and he rushed in and trembling with fear. And he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he had brought them out, he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were in the house. Verse 33. And he took them that very hour and night and he washed their wounds and immediately he was baptized. Guys, did you see that? You know who washed his wounds? His enemies. Man, what happened if we just treated our enemies that way and said, you know what? Just... Even though you made a mistake, we're good with you. Instead, we want them to pay the price. I'm going to give you the silent treatment. I'm not going to befriend you anymore. We want them to pay the price, right? Maybe if we were kind. Maybe we said, no, 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 it's okay. Everybody made a mistake here. Maybe their hearts were changed and invite you in and say, listen, I I see goodness in you. I see kindness in you. Come to the house. Let me help heal your wounds. Look. And he brought them into his house and he set food before them and rejoiced greatly, having believed in God with his whole household. Now when the day came, the chief priest and magistrates sent them uh, policemen saying, release those men. And the jailer reported the words that, uh, to Paul saying, the chief magistrates have sent to release you. Therefore, come out now and go in peace. But Paul said to them, they have beaten us publicly without trial, men who are Romans and have thrown us into a prison. And now they are sending us away secretly. No, indeed, but let them come themselves and bring us up. No, 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 that's not going to happen. Yeah, I just brought a TV character in there. No, indeed. Listen, said, no, it's not going to happen. 
you treated us wrongly. We're Roman citizens. And then everybody kind of freaked out and went, uh, you never said you were Roman citizens. So now they know that they're in trouble. And listen, it says, uh, the policeman reported these words to the chief magistrates that they were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. And they came and appealed to them. And when they had brought them out, they kept begging them to leave the city. And they went, on to pri- went, uh, went out of the prison and entered the house of Lydia. And when they saw the brethren, they encouraged them and departed. Now, what, what do I want you to, to see is this. Just remember these things. When you say, what happened to my dream and my vision? What happened to my desire to do this ministry with people or to do something that would help people? Number one, if you really want to hear from the Lord and get it back, just keep doing ministry. Find some type of ministry in the local church because it's going to, it's going to start massaging in your heart and your mind what God's called you to do, right? And as you're doing it, you have to understand just, just do what Paul did. Make sure that when you get that vision back, watch this, to, to listen to the Holy Spirit. And then make sure that it's truly from the Lord. Check that out. Say, can I attach the gospel to this? Is this something that will help me to help others? And then as you're doing it, doing it, continue to minister to people around you, people you work with. You may not like the job that you're at, but until you leave, until God calls you away, you better minister to the people that are around you because that's going to help you know if the decision you're making for the future is what the Lord wants for you, right? And then prepare for the roadblocks. There are going to be people that say, don't do it. There are going to be people, but if you feel strongly, you've got to ask the Lord. If you feel strongly about it, then you're going to hit those roadblocks. Some people aren't going to want it for you, but you've got to move forward. And then deal with the roadblocks, not just physically, emotionally. Deal with them spiritually. Start praying against those things or praying that your mind would change to be in line with what you're supposed to do. It's all right there. Then, Remember when you're attacked, stay the course. Sing those hymns. Listen to music. Read the scripture. Do all those things that will help you become closer to the Lord and have a better chance of hearing what he has. Now watch this. Everybody look right here. What he has for himself. Because that's what this is about. It's for him, not you. You and I are just going to be blessed by it. And when we get to heaven, when we get to heaven and we take our crowns off and we lay them down, you're going to be able to lay that down to the Father. Isn't that cool? But if you don't follow his vision, if you don't listen, you're going to say what happened and there will be no crown according to that vision, according to that dream, according to that idea that you will ever lay down at the Father's feet. I want to tell you something. I, I believe this. Hey, God, I want to go to, I, I feel led to go to ministry. One day I will take that call as a, as a, four, as a 16, 17-year-old boy and I will take that crown of walking toward ministry and I will lay it at the feet of Christ. And when I, get in, when I went into youth ministry for 19 years, I'm going to take that youth ministry crown. I'm going to lay it at his feet. 
You know, when he said, go out and speak, and I was scared to death because I had a house payment, a car payment, and I'm thinking, I'm going to make the funding, but I I followed it, and people said, you're crazy. You're not going to make it. I'm going to take that, and I'm going to lay it down at his feet. And when he called me to start this church, I'm going to take that and lay it down at his feet. It's not yay, Pat. You understand where I'm here? It's not me, y'all. Those of you who know me, I'm not... I'm not arrogant in that way. But man, I, I want to lay as many crowns as I can at his feet. Don't you? As a way to say, I did my best to love you, to honor you, to listen to you. So if you don't want to say what happened, start following your dream and your vision that God's called you to. Maybe it is time for the change. And so that's my encouragement this week, that maybe you bring out some old notes, you do some things that would bring out your thoughts about what you had a vision to do. I mean, it can be anything, guys. It can be in construction. And it doesn't matter the age. I had junior high kids that had a vision for their junior high schools. Amazing. I could tell you story after story how kids had an idea, a vision, and they did it, and they trusted the Lord. And boy, they were made fun of, but they did it. And they were positive. And so can you. And if it, if it drives the gospel closer to people, Isn't that what it's about? So whether it's construction, whether it's teaching and you have a vision for these kids, or whether it's putting backpacks together or having a a, a, a shelter for for, uh, the sexually abused, or whether it's having a counseling, whatever it is, walk toward it. We will be a better church because of it, because we're all doing ministry. Well, I'm going to pray for you, and then uh, you're going to watch this video. And then we're going to be dismissed. And then we're going to go eat lunch. And then I'm going to take a nap. You can do whatever you want. So, all right. Father, thank you so much for the vision and dreams. I pray that you would massage those in our heart and in our mind. That maybe we've let go that you called us to do. I pray, Father, that we would do what Paul did and and just continue to walk forward. And uh, we pray that you'll have your way in our lives for your glory. And we look forward to laying that crown down at your feet. And saying thank you, Father, for allowing us. We did no favors for you, but allowing us to be involved in your ministry. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all watch this and we'll be dismissed.